This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday, 28th of September. In your squiz today, a twist in the Optus hack tale, Japan's Shinzo Abe farewelled, Ukraine's sham vote closes, and how to skip those annoying meetings. This is your squiz today. Claire, the fallout from last week's cyber attack on telecommunications giant Optus, which exposed the details of 9.8 million current and former customers, is continuing, with the anonymous online account that claims to be behind the hack unexpectedly apologising yesterday. And they've also promised not to release the data. Not much of a surprise, Siobhan. There is some scepticism, though, uh, from cybersecurity experts. They wonder whether the hackers will just simply give up uh, because just hours earlier, the same account released the data from 10,000 Optus customers and said that it would happen again unless there was a ransom paid of $1.5 million by Friday. Uh, Meanwhile, there's still a blame game going on between the federal government and Optus about responsibility for the data. A breach that's one of the biggest that our country has ever seen. Uh, Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill has laid the blame squarely on Optus, but Optus boss Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin uh, has defended her team and said, we are not the villains. No matter who's to blame, though, the reality is we can't unscramble this egg. So now Attorney General Mark Dreyfus says the FBI is helping our federal police with Operation Hurricane to find out who's gotten their hands on the data. Yeah, and as for Optus customers, what Dreyfus says is that they should take the advice on how to minimise their risk of having their identity stolen or money stolen from bank accounts. And we mentioned yesterday, Siobhan, that law firm Slater & Gordon are looking into a class action lawsuit, but the consumer advocates say be prepared that while customers might deserve compensation, Optus isn't required to provide any. Uh, Meanwhile, Optus says that it's contacted the customers whose data has been exposed and that it will pay for credit monitoring and identity theft protection services for those who are most impacted. No doubt there's going to be a lot more to come as we learn more about the attack, but Rosmarin won't be drawn on calls for her or her team to resign. She says she's committed to rebuilding trust with Optus's 11 million customers. And if you're one of those who's been affected and looking for that advice to protect yourself, it's from the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner, and I'll put a link to the info sheet in your episode notes. Claire, yesterday we spoke at length about the controversy surrounding the state funeral for Shinzo Abe, Japan's former prime minister who was assassinated in July, but the event went off largely without any drama. Yeah, there were some protests around Tokyo, but there were also more than 10,000 people who laid flowers and bowed in silent prayer ahead of the nation's first state service for a civil leader in 55 years. Abe was remembered by his former colleagues as someone who wanted to make Japan better. Uh, Meanwhile, there was a lot going on on the sidelines with US Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, India's Narendra Modi, South Korea's 
hand duck. So uh, many other leaders were there, including our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. So there's always lots to talk about, particularly in our region. Uh, And in fact, Australia really doubled down on the Prime Minister stakes. Well, actually, we quadrupled down because <laughs> Albanese was accompanied by Malcolm Turnbull, Tony Abbott and John Howard to the funeral. And he said the group of Aussie leaders was there to show our respects to not just Mr Abe's family, but to the people of Japan. Staying overseas, Claire, there have been allegations of intimidation during the five-day referendum in four Russian-occupied regions in Ukraine of Luhansk and Donetsk and the southern provinces of Kurzon and Zaporizhia, which it now intends to claim as its own. Yeah, there's really no one outside of Russia and its allies that see this exercise as a fair or a free way for people to support or reject the idea that their region should become part of Russia. One region is that soldiers on Russia's side have been going door to door and asking people to tell them their vote. Where this is heading is that there will inevitably be a yes result from those four regions that they want to be part of Russia. Uh, That gives Russian President Vladimir Putin what he'll use as a green light to illegally claim those areas. And then he has what he sees as a legitimate excuse to threaten to use nuclear weapons when Russia's sovereign territory is attacked by Ukraine as they are currently using conventional weapons. And that's why it's been getting a lot of attention over the last week. But meanwhile, Russia's push to mobilise hundreds of thousands of civilians to fight on the front lines continues to inflame tensions at home. And the Kremlin has even had to admit that mistakes have been made following reports that many men with no military experience and some of those living with a disability have been asked to report for duty. Claire, coming home and La Nina is like the unwanted guest who just refuses to leave long after the party has ended. (laughs) And now the Weather Bureau has warned that a rain bomb is set to hit virtually all parts of Australia over the coming week. Don't you love those meteorological terms, a rain bomb? It sounds very technical. (laughs) Uh, It's a collision, what they're looking at, of weather systems that will see all states and territories get some rain and some storms for the next bit. Um, South Australia and Tassie are really the only two that are likely to avoid a proper drenching. They're still going to get some rain. Uh, Northern Victoria and southern New South Wales are expected to be the worst hit areas, and the Weather Bureau has warned that there will be worsening flood risks uh, in already saturated regions. And if that wasn't bad enough, it follows an earlier statement that flooding in New South Wales will likely continue for months thanks to the relentless rain. So time to buy some new gum boots, I think. It sure is. Claire, we all know what it's like when you get called into a meeting that really could have been an email. But if you're someone who struggles to say no, there's a new study that might help you out. Yeah, Stephen Rogelberg is a professor in organisational science, psychology and management at the University of North Carolina and he's run some numbers and says that about a third of the meetings that we attend don't really need us. Uh, At a big company, that costs about $150 million a year in time wasted. So long story short, employees are turning up to meetings when they're invited even though they know that it won't be helpful in doing their job and that their attendance isn't really critical. Yes, Rogelberg says there's a simple reason why we continue to accept meeting invites when we really don't need to, and that is because we're being too polite. 
So I guess the moral of this story is to be less agreeable. Claire, on that note, I won't be at the 9am whip. Yeah, I think we might have to have a talk about that. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Claire, you know I, like so many of our listeners, love a bit of sci-fi, especially Star Wars. So it's sad but also interesting to note that James Earl Jones, the iconic voice behind Darth Vader, is retiring from the character, but it won't disappear from the franchise. No, and that's because the rights to his Darth Vader voice have been sold to a Ukrainian uh, artificial intelligence company. It's an agreement that we'll see that character live on, even though James Earl Jones' voice is fading. Uh, He is 91 years old after all. He's such a legend. Yes, he really is. And I think there's something quite poetic about art imitating life in this story, with an artificial intelligence recreating the voice of a character who is himself a cyborg, who is part machine. That's a spoiler, but it's been 50 years, people. (laughs) Let it go. Okay, before we go, Claire, we have a little favour to ask our Squiz listeners. Yeah, we do. We've got a survey that we really want you to do. Uh, It's important to us because it helps us with the content. Uh, It also helps us with advertisers to talk to them, uh, which in turn means that they advertise with us and therefore it means that we can keep producing the squiz each day. So uh, we're asking listeners just to take a few minutes, answer a few questions for us. It'd be really helpful. Yes, and when we say a few minutes, it really is only a few minutes. And if doing it out of the goodness of your heart is not quite cutting it, there's also a chance you'll win a good prize. So I'll post a link to the survey in your episode notes. Please go on and do it. You might even have fun. Who knows? (laughs) I love filling out surveys. I'd be on that for sure. That's it from us today, but we will chat to you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.